Da, 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 da. The Golfer's Show is back, and I don't know how to introduce the show in a unique way each time, so I'm just going to say hello, welcome. Today, we're chatting to Hayden McCullum. He is the general manager of Waitemata Golf Club. He really is such a likable guy, so we get an insight on what it takes to run a club successfully, because he has a great track record, so we'll get to him in just a moment, but let's go. Michael Morris at the other end, greeting. How you doing, Andy? Yeah, good. Good. All the days are mashing into one, aren't they? They're still collecting rubbish, and my wife had to remind me. I'm normally very good at putting the rubbish out. I'm normally excellent at putting the rubbish out, I should say. Today she had to remind me because I had no idea what day it is at all. So, uh, mm. yeah, but, but I think I've made it. If you're worried out there about me getting my rubbish out, don't worry. I got it out in time. I must say that we do get a lot of questions about Michael's rubbish days. Yeah. We do. We really do here at the Golfers Show. And speaking <laughs> of which, people can actually you know send us a message or ask us questions for the podcast. So there's if you're using Anchor or if you know about Anchor or you, or you listen to this on your phone, Navigate to Anchor, anchor.fm. If you look up the Golfers Show, you'll be able to find a link there to send us a message. You can send us a voicemail type thing or uh, find out about my rubbish habits, find out about Andy's beer drinking habits. Uh, send, us a, send us a question. I think it's time, buddy, to uh, to catch up with our guest. What do you think? Yeah, let's catch up with Hayden McCullum. Great man, uh, a very likable man. So let's do it. And here he is now, Hayden McCullum. Hello, good sir. Hello, thanks for having me. Actually, I said McCullum, I meant McCallum. The initial question from everyone is, oh, are you related to Brendan? It's like, no, my name is spelled different. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, okay. And th- there's just immediate disappointment that I have no relationship with one of our greatest sports people. <laughs> well, we do next to no research on this show, so it's good that we're learning on the fly here. Yeah, that's actually how this show works, is that the whole content is literally us just finding out information because we don't want to do the research. <laughs> um, so, Hayden, very strange times indeed. It's tough times for everyone. Everyone at the moment and I guess understand that everything that we have done so far is all it all ramped up very rapidly and obviously we ended up in level four quite quickly so and you've got quite a unique situation there as well don't you Hayden during this lockdown period where your golf course can actually be accessed by the public as somewhere to walk and enjoy themselves isn't it yeah it's been it's actually quite amazing to see the amount of people that have been out there and it's great that someone can utilize it if we can't utilize it for golf then you know why not let the community utilize it for the amazing you know natural space that it is uh, obviously the main concern is just looking after the the areas where like your your greens and that sort of thing where if you do get someone riding a bike across it numerous times that's the damage it will do will then be it take you know a long period of time for it to come back but outside of that yeah everyone's been been really respectful and it's just the positive comments coming in is it's just great to be out and be able to use it at a time like this so for us, it, it's great. We'd, we'd like to see someone using it instead of no one. So it's quite cool to see all the community out there. And White Amata Golf Club, uh, Hayden, I think you, you would agree that you wouldn't say that it's the greatest golf course in the world. However, it's a very successful golf club. And what do you put that down to? I think a little bit of what we were just talking about. I think that the community engagement and the the, the base of people that we have at the club is, is amazing. I think it is a, a genuine golf club in the fact that there's a lot of support for what the club stands for and, and everything that goes with it, not just the golf course itself, which which is good, but you know it's flat, it's the old race course and that side of things and it plays well, but then when you combine it with the social side of things and the, the bar or the cafe and the, 
the coffee and, and just all the general, the vibe and, and that, that there is, it combines into to one entity that seems to be quite appealing to people. And it, it's great to see that atmosphere. Sorry, can I just dive in there? Actually, your cafe is fantastic. You know, so many clubs struggle a little bit with their coffee offerings, but you guys have nailed it. Tell us a little bit about how that came about. Yeah, we... We like to ask the members when we can sort of what people would like or because as much as we like to think we're doing good things, we're also well aware that there's always room to improve. And in the, one of the first surveys we put out, it was like 50% of people came back and said, oh, we'd actually like good coffee. I'm like, okay. So we had, a, we had a room downstairs that wasn't being used. So we thought, well, we'll just turn it into a little cafe and we, we engaged some some local suppliers. So there's a local coffee supplier, Chiasso is Devonport Local and a few other local food suppliers as well. And, you know, we sort of tell that support local story as well as obviously it's good food and, and good coffee. Like you say, it's probably had quite an effect in increasing my coffee intake during the day. But <laughs> outside of that, it, it's pretty good. And what are the uh, future goals for you, Hayden, there? What would you like to achieve? We put a strategic plan in last year. A lot of that's, there's, there's a few pillars to it. We want to really continue to engage the community. We've developed our youth program really well in the last 12 months from only a handful of juniors to, to well over 100 and Brad Shilton's been our head professional has been a, a huge part of that so on Fridays we've got 50 odd kids coming down for lessons and it, you know, it's amazing to see you've got all of them out the front doing their lesson you've got the parents and that upstairs having a drink or something to eat and you know, going back to that club atmosphere it really thrives when you've got things like that happening so those are the sort of things that we started the ball rolling with that's all that we want to continue it's just a matter of doing best we can and, and when I guess re- any revenue that comes in we're just investing it back in and hence why we've got that plan to work off so we know that when we've got something to work with that we can do the right things by the members. And you've also got pretty excellent corporate support for what you're doing. Yeah and we, we try really hard obviously to give back to them at the same time. We've got some great club supporters. The majority of them are invested in the club and I think that's it's a big thing. We want anyone that's part of the club, you know, members, corporate members, just people from the community coming in and using the facility, any of that. We just kind of want them invested in and what we're trying to do and I guess make them more of a long-term part of the club as opposed to just people that are there for a short time or in sponsors case just money coming in it's it's a partnership essentially where hopefully they're seeing if not monetary return from people but at least positive press and things back at their end that's that's the goal from our end and before you started running Waitemata Golf Club you were at Akarana and you did a great job there at building culture what do you think a lot of clubs get wrong because we do hear often about how the clubs are struggling there's too many clubs membership is down xyz i guess to to answer that question to start with i think the majority of clubs are doing things light years better than we were i think for golf took quite a long time to catch up in the fact that there was always the perception of we'll just keep doing that old school way and we don't need to adapt we don't need to change you know we have a product and you know, this is our offering, it doesn't need to be altered or we don't need to change that perception that we're more welcoming and all of that sort of thing. But now I think clubs are becoming more and more aware of that, especially as they see that have an impact on more people coming in the door. That's the main thing I would say. If anyone's still behind a little bit, they might not have broken that perception that it is welcoming and it's not a closed gate and you you know everyone wants as many people coming in the door as possible you know you want to turn them into long-term investors in the club 
that's probably the one thing I would say. There's the perception has shifted across the industry in a really good way. I think a lot of that comes from the work like the national bodies are doing and the associations and also the managers talking together. We've all still got a decent amount to go, but it's great to see where, if you look at where we were 10 years ago as an industry to where we are now, the amazing thing the clubs are doing around being more inclusive and more engaging and more welcoming, I think I think it's amazing. And what's the biggest growth area you're seeing? Is there a certain demographic that's swelling out of the blue unexpectedly? Not particularly. I, I think the two focus areas are definitely trying to get more youth into the game and more women playing the game. And I think that a lot of these things that New Zealand Golf have been piloting are definitely showing positive effects you know, around She Loves Golf and Futures and, and all that sort of thing. We're seeing a, a stronger push too in getting and bridging that gap, that sort of 20 to 40 age bracket as well, which it used to be, you know, everyone played golf as a junior and then all of a sudden, oh, well, membership's way too expensive, so then I'll pick it up later on down the track. Now that a lot of clubs are working out that, you know, you can do sort of bridging memberships so that you ease people into it and that sort of thing, I think we're retaining a lot more of those 20 to 40 age brackets and keeping them all the way through, which is mm-hmm. fantastic. So I wouldn't necessarily say that's growing. I'd just say I'd say we're just not losing them for a time frame, which is fantastic. I mean, one of the things about White Mother that really hit me straight away was you didn't care about hats on in the clubhouse. <laughs> You've got to you've got to be realistic. Got to adapt and move. And I guess you want to make sure that your offering is as appealing to everyone. And if you can go into a nice restaurant down the road with a hat on, then you know maybe you need to consider that. I think there's there's always still space for tradition and and rules. And there's appropriate times for all of that. It's not we're not saying you throw it all out the window but I just think you just need to be more welcoming if there is a time when maybe it's not appropriate to head on you just need to make sure that that's delivered to someone in a positive way not a yell at them across the room and you know embarrass them to take their hat off sort of thing and that's what you know, once again going back to that perception I think that's a huge thing if you can feel like you walk in there and, and the club and the people around you want you to be there you're going to hang around aren't you absolutely and because it, it can be a daunting thing you know because if you turn up to a club and let's say you've done say she loves golf or futures or you've done some of the initiatives and then you start turning up to the club all of a sudden they ask oh how many points did you get what was your net what was your gross uh, how many shots do you have on that hole or what stroke hole is that you sit there going sheesh this is way too much yeah yeah it's like I, I just went out there to to get around a few holes so that then i could come up and have a beer but yeah it's i think it members are becoming more aware of that too and the need to be a little bit different in the way they interact with people that are new to the game and i think a lot of that comes out of the communication that clubs deliver to their members you know making them aware of like for instance you know, when we had a we had a six hole she loves golf sixes tournament which was amazing if the odd you know, ladies out there giving it a go. We also had comms out there before that to tell the members that this was going on and why it was going on and that then had a really positive impact in the fact that when they came upstairs, all of those other members that were already up there already knew why they were there and what was going on and then that sort of had that flow on to them feeling welcome there because it didn't feel like they were doing anything different. Yeah, that's a really good point, eh? A really good point. You're really part of the solution there when you do when you do stuff like that. Thank you very much for your time. It's cool getting these different angles and these different insights. You do a great job. You know, everyone loves you and the club is doing well. So all the best to navigate through this COVID-19 chaos. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, keep doing what you guys are doing. Really enjoy listening to what you're doing. Thanks, mate. So refreshing to hear some enthusiasm and some passion when it comes to the management side of a course because I grew up, you know, really good courses – 
And, you know, there wasn't a bad culture per se, but the general narrative was we're struggling for this, we're struggling for that, this isn't happening, we can't afford that, so on and so forth. And to hear someone, you know, who's, who's got a, a solution and tries to build culture and, and create a real asset to the community, it's really good to hear. I love it. Yeah, I mean, it's a game about people, isn't it? So the culture he's creating is about also getting his team in the same frame of mind, isn't it? So that the people behind the bar, the people at the coffee shop, the people in the retail store, they're all on the same page in terms of how they're dealing with the members and, and uh, people, the green fee players and the people that are guests of the club. So he's done very well at uh, bringing all that together, I think. For sure. Awesome. Well, Michael, all the best. Look after yourself. Um, I hope those kids don't drive you too insane, although I think you are beyond repair at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Please, please come back and talk to me tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, for sure. Uh, next episode, we're chatting to Bradley Isles. If you've been playing golf in New Zealand for some time, you'll know exactly who we're talking about. But this guy's life story is incredible. He was one of the great hopes of New Zealand golf, and he suffered a horrible accident in the States, which almost ended his life. And then he went back out there and kept playing. And now, well, what's he up to now? What's he doing? We'll find out. See you next time on The Golfers Show. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.